Praise the Lord. You can go ahead and be seated. This here. You're fine. This here is a certificate of ordination signed by the uh, Doug Clay, the General, General Superintendent of the Assemblies of God, and uh, Donna Barrett, who is our secretary for the Assemblies of God. And this is your letter from the Assemblies of God and your new fellowship card that you have. So congratulations. Congratulations. Let's give her a hand again, shall we? Thank you. Praise the Lord. Well, I get to share for the next two hours. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's not going to be. It's not going to be that. You got what time do you guys get out? You guys get out at twelve o'clock. Twelve thirty. Three. Can I see three? Four. Four. Just kidding. Hey, I want to share with you today how that in this moment we need to hear the voice of the Lord today. Because we cannot function in this life without knowing and hearing the voice of God. And there are certain seasons, I think there are seasons in our lives where we, uh, where we really need to hear the Lord, where we're really saying, God, you know, please, I need, to, I need to know what your direction, I need to know what your will, I need to know what your purpose is. But I think every day we need to hear the voice of the Lord today. So I want to kind of share with you a portion of Scripture from 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 9 through 13 how that we need to hear the voice of the Lord. And sometimes the Lord speaks to us in ways I think that we're not really expecting. And so I want to talk about God's whisper today, how God whispers to us today. First Kings chapter 19, verses 9 through 13. Uh, just so you know that uh, some of the slides are both in English and Spanish. And so if you speak Spanish today, you can make sure that they're right for me, okay? So I don't. But I want to share the scripture with you. This is from the New International Version. Um, and the scripture says this, 1 Kings 19, verse 9. And there Elijah went into a cave, and he spent a night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, Lord, I've been very zealous for you, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant. They've tore down your altars. They've killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. And the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord, as the Lord passed by, a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. And the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a still, small voice. Let's pray. Father, today I just pray that you'd help us to tune ourselves to hear your voice today. Father, I truly believe that you have something to speak in the hearts of every individual that's here today. And so, Lord, I pray that our hearts and our minds would be open to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just speak your message to your people today, that we would listen with ears and respond in our hearts to what the Holy Spirit is specifically and uniquely saying to each and every one of us. We need your voice in our lives. Help us to attune ourselves to that voice, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Elijah needed to hear from God. He really did. So let me, kind of, let me kind of recap the story up until this point, if you're not familiar to it. So Elijah the prophet had just had this great battle against the 5,000 prophets of Baal. People were worshiping Baal. It was a, it was a, a god of the land that they had, a, a foreign god, an idolatrous god. And, and so uh, uh, Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal on the mountain Carmel. Carmel's my favorite Sunday topping, by the way. It's not the same thing. It's kind of the same thing. He got on the top of Mark Carmel, and they, they, fought, these, they fought these prophets, and, and uh, fire came from heaven and consumed Elijah's sacrifice. 
and people knew that God was God. God demonstrated his power mightily in that moment, and all the prophets of Baal were killed. And all Israel was happy except for one person. There was one person who was really upset about that, and that was Queen Jezebel. And if you've ever read the Bible, you heard about Ahab and Jezebel. It's the worst couple ever in the Bible, I think, Ahab and Jezebel. And Jezebel said that, uh, that uh, in, in verse 2 of chapter 19, she said, So let the gods do to me, if not more for you, if I don't make your life as one of those prophets that you killed by tomorrow. So here Elijah had just experienced this awesome, amazing power and presence of God moment in his life. And the queen says, I'm going to kill you. What do you think he does next? He runs. Elijah decided that he, he needed to run away. Guys, here's something I want you to know. Sometimes after great spiritual victories in our lives, we are really prone to spiritual attack. We would think it'd be the other way. You'd think after you had this great spiritual victory, you'd have this kind of emboldened power and you're like, okay, God, I'm ready to take on the next thing. But many times what you'll find is that we're really open to attack after a great spiritual victory. You know, I, I just should have believed that God could protect him, but he couldn't believe that. So here's what I want you to know. Don't be too hard on yourself if you've struggled believing God for something after maybe you've seen a demonstration of his power. Sometimes we see God do great things, and yet we still struggle. I want you to know that that's okay. Great men of the Scripture have had that same struggle as well. So Elijah ran, and he ran until he couldn't run anymore. Verse 3 of chapter 9 says this. Elijah ran for his life. He went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. So he ran and ran and ran, left his servant, and went beyond that. So two things I want you to see about Elijah from this story. Number one, that he was fearful, and his fear caused him to flee. Fear always causes us to flee, by the way, usually in the wrong direction. And secondly, he was alone. Now, he had a servant with him up until this point, but, but after this point, he decided to go, to go it alone. Now, there's a lot of reasons why you can kind of think, well, why did Elijah go forward alone? There's a lot of reasons why he could have done that. Maybe he was protective of his servant. Maybe he thought he'd be less conspicuous if he dropped off his servant. I mean, there was, maybe he just wanted to be alone. And I think really that last part is the reason that he left his servant is because he was fearful and he just wanted to be alone. You know, oftentimes when you're running the wrong direction, you'll find yourself cutting yourself off from other relationships, just like Elisha did. Just like Elijah did. You'll start isolating yourself. You'll start, you'll start stop putting people around you that can support you and tell you the right things. And you'll be all by yourself so you can feel like you can do whatever it is that you wanted to do. The scripture goes on to say in verse 4, that after a day's journey into the wilderness, he sat under the broom tree and he prayed that he might die, saying, Lord, it's enough. Take my life, for I'm no better than those prophets who went before me. So he goes off he, by himself and he goes off into this little wilderness area. And this wilderness that he went to was barren and dry, desolate. The outside, his environment on the outside, really was a, a reflection of what was going on in his heart on the inside. Hopeless, barren, desolate. That's kind of what he was feeling on the inside. And so he began to surround himself on the outside with what was going on the inside. Guys, if you're scared right now, if, if, if where you are in your life is you're running away from something, 
oftentimes what you'll do is you'll, you'll surround yourself with the same environment on the outside of what's going on in your heart. And isolation is absolutely the worst thing that you can do when you're running away. See, if you ever watch, you ever watch any of those documentaries about uh, the African animals in Africa? It's always interesting when you watch how lions hunt. Uh, lions hunt, the way they hunt, and sometimes uh, hyenas and other animals do this, basically what they do is they try to, they try to always go after the, the, the one thing, the one animal that's kind of drifted off by themselves. The one animal that's isolated is the one that's an easy target, it's easy prey. And so if, if, God, if, 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 if things aren't going the way you think God should let things go in your life right now, you may be trying to isolate yourself, kind of get yourself out there by yourself and trying to say, I don't want to be around people anymore. I don't want people telling me what to do. Let me tell you something. You're not, you're not in a place of safety. You're actually going to a safe place of danger. You're putting yourself out there all by yourself and all the protection of those around you is gone. And in that moment of desolation, something bad can happen to you. I mean, I don't, I, I've been a pastor, just so you know my history, I've been in pastoral ministry for 31 years. I know I should only look like I've been in there for 10 years, okay? But the gray hairs came from something, okay? 31 years, and I can tell you as a pastor, I've seen people in my church that I love stop coming to church and stop coming to church and stop coming to church. And what happens is when they isolate themselves, the, the passion that they have for God can lift off their lives, and I'm a, as, a, as a pastor, I am a big fan of church. And I want to encourage you to, 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 to stay in church, stay around people that love you, stay around people that can help you, because if you don't, you're putting yourself in a place of danger. So fear can isolate you, and in isolation, you can become hopefully discouraged. He began to cut off everybody around him. He was ready to give up. So how does God minister to a heart like that? How does God minister to a heart that's discouraged and despondent and alone? Well, the scripture tells us how he does that in the next few verses. Verse five says that as Elijah slept under a broom tree, an angel touched him and said, arise and eat. And as he looked, there was a cake baked with coals and a jar of water he ate and drank and he laid down again. The angel Lord came back a second time, touched him and said, arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. There's, if you look at the story, it's really kind of interesting. What Elijah needed in that moment from the Lord was just some time to rest, get the right food, get some water so that he could go forward. God had to minister to the physical needs before he could change the spiritual ones. A lot of times we think that, you know, um, that there's no connection between the physical and the spiritual. But I'm here to tell you, guys, when God created us, he created us as people that have a body, a soul, and a spirit. We're all three. We're not just, you know, just a body and a spirit inside. And it's kind of like leaving, whatever. No, he created us. When God created Adam and Eve in the garden, he created them perfect, body, soul, and spirit. And so those three are connected. If you look at your hand and you say, okay, where does, my, where does my body end and my soul begin? Where does my soul end and my spirit begin? You know, you really can't look at your hand and figure that out, can you? If you can, please talk to me afterwards. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Because we're just one person. And your physical health affects your spiritual and emotional health. And if you're not taking care of your physical health, there's going, to be, there's going to be ramifications on your spiritual and emotional health as well. And so God begins by ministering to his physical needs. And so I want to encourage you, if you're having some struggles spiritually, emotionally, check and see, make sure you're getting enough sleep. Isn't it interesting that God let him sleep twice? First guy, God let, God let sleep through church right there in Scripture. Go back to sleep. And he just he let him sleep. 
He made sure he was eating what was right. He made sure he was drinking what was right before God was going to challenge him on his spiritual health. And so make sure that your physical needs are being met before God ministers to your spiritual ones. So Elijah was completely devoid of strength, but he needed to hear from God. And so God says this, look, look, I want you to do this. The strength that you have to go, the, the, the journey that you have to go is too great for you. So I want you to take this food. This food will give you the strength to go and do what you need to do. 40 days and 40 nights, he went in the strength of that food. That's pretty good. I mean, I haven't, I haven't eaten lunch yet since yesterday. I thought I was doing pretty good. Just let that go. Just kind of let that drift over you for a minute, right? So, I mean, 40 days and 40 nights is a long time. But when God sustains you and you get his sustenance, you can go further than you can ever go on your own. And so sometimes we're looking for what I can do to get through it. Guys, let me tell you, you're looking at the wrong source. You need to go to him. To, he can give you the strength to get through it. And so Elijah needed to hear from God. God had a journey for him. So if you need to hear from God, what do you need to do? Two things that Elijah needed to do. First thing, if you need to hear from God, you need to go to the place where God is. Verse 8 says, he rose, ate, and drank. He went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. Horeb, the mountain of God. Uh, Horeb was a place that I think in the scriptures you may know it by a different name. Horeb was also known as Mount Sinai. Do you know what Mount Sinai is? Mount Sinai is the mountain of God. It's the place where Moses received the Ten Commandments. It was a place where lightning flashed. They had barricades around the mountain because if you touched the mountain, you would die. That's Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai and Mount Horeb were the same mountain. Well, if you want to go to the place where God is, that's where God spoke to his people. And that's the place that Elijah was encouraged to go and hear from God. See, if you want to hear from God, you need to go to the place where his name is. And that's why I love church. I don't love church just because I'm a pastor. I love church because I believe this is a place where God will give you an opportunity to hear from the Holy Spirit if you'll just open up your ears and listen. Every Sunday when you come to church, I think God's voice is here, and God can speak to you given that opportunity. And, and when Elijah went to the mountain of God, he went to a specific place on the mountain. In verse 9, it says that when he got to the mountain, he went to a cave. And that, that word cave, it just kind of, well, why, what difference does it make he went to a cave? Well, if you remember... Back in Exodus chapter 33, Moses talked to the Lord. He said, Lord, I want to show me your glory. Show me your glory. And if you remember, God in that moment said, okay, Moses, I'm going to take you to the little cleft of the rock. We sing that song. He hides my soul in the cleft of the rock and covers me where he stands. Remember that song? That's an old song. And uh, it's a cleft of the rock. It was a cave where God had Moses stay in so that when the presence of God went past, he could look and see just a, just a glimpse of the glory of, of God. That's the place not only Moses was, but that cave is the place where God told Elijah to go. Isn't that cool? He took him to the exact place where Moses was. As a matter of fact, I, had a, I, I was sharing this message in another church, and I had a, a pastor tell me, he said, I'm going to Israel and I'm, I was going to Mount Sinai to climb and be at the place where Moses, God God's showed Moses a glimpse of his glory. Now I can go there and be at the spot where God spoke to Elijah. It's the same spot. Really kind of cool. So Elijah, whether he knew the significance of the cave or not, God brought him to a place where he could speak to him. And I believe that all of you are here today because God wanted to bring you to a place where you can hear from him as well. Because you need to hear his voice. 
We need to connect with the Lord. It's not enough in this world to go on with our own strength and ability. We need to hear from God. And so not only was it in the right place, but in order to hear from God, you have to choose to listen to him. You have to choose to listen to him. Now, Elijah was pretty discouraged. God asked him, Elijah, why are you here? Elijah, why are you here? Now, the simple answer for me is because you told me to come here, right? The only reason I'm here is because you told me to come here. But that's not what he said. If you look at verse 10, and it's amazing. He says, I've been very zealous for you, Lord. The children of Israel, they've forsaken you, your covenant. They tore down your altars. They killed your prophets with a sword. I alone am left, the only one. I'm the only one, and they seek to kill me. You ever felt like you're the only one? At work, felt like I'm the only Christian. You go to school, if you go to school, like I'm the only one that, oh man, I'm the only one that I know of who goes to church. You feel like you're the only one. It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. That's the way he felt. So what does God say to someone who feels so, who's despairing of their lives? And he was, by the way. I mean, he, he, he could sing that song, gloom, despair, agony on me. If I had no bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. That's an old song right there. I'm singing a lot of old songs today. That's how he felt. He said, like, everything's bad for me. So how does God speak to him? Verse 11 says, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. God doesn't, God doesn't respond to the complaints of Elijah. He just tells him to prepare to hear from him. Sometimes we feel like God owes us an explanation. Sometimes we feel like, God, you owe me an explanation. What's going on in my life? You need to tell me why I'm going through this. Guys, let me tell you something. If you read the book of Job, you'll realize that God knows and he's not telling. Right? That's the book of, that's the book of Job summarized. God knows and he's not telling you. And sometimes that's okay. Because um, we can trust the one who holds our tomorrows. We really can. And just because you, you don't know doesn't mean there's not a reason for everything that's happening. Okay? And sometimes, by the way, the reason for what's happening has nothing to do with you. Do you realize that? Sometimes God makes us go through, allows us to go through things in our lives because God wants us to gain experience so that we can help others walk through that same issue in their life. And, the, and it's not for our benefit, it's for somebody else's. And there is such a rich blessing in walking through trials and tribulations just for the ability to identify with someone else as they walk that same journey. And that's not, a, that's not a, you know, it's not exciting, but it is true. Sometimes it's not about you. I know. It's like when we read the Bible, we think, how does this apply to me? How do, it's all about me, me, me. God should all be about me. But, but the scripture tells us God's about him and his glory. And whatever God's glory is about, that's what I'm about, no matter what that looks like in my life. So, so God didn't give him an explanation. God said, you're going to hear from me right now. So he gets to stand in the cave. As the Lord passed by the clay, a cave, a, a great strong wind blew into the rocks, and the rocks broke to pieces before the Lord, but the Lord wasn't in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, and after the earthquake came fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came still small voice. So we have three expressions here of God's power at the cave. We have the expression of wind, of earthquake, and of fire. Now, that, now you, I don't know, if you've been in a, a cave before, can you imagine being in a cave and this wind is blowing so hard that literally the rocks are falling apart all around you? 
That's scary, right? If you're in there, just, just a couple days ago, we had that 70-mile-an-hour wind go through Idaho. Did you guys get hit by that up here? So we had like just the, you know what an Idaho rainstorm is? It's where you have just a little, like a few drops of rain, and then dirt blows all over your car, and you can't see out of it. It's Idaho rainstorm. We had that 70-mile-an-hour winds whip through Payette, where we live in Payette, and our car was just awful, dirty. And that wind was scary. There were tree branches blowing down everywhere. I mean, wind can be scary. Elijah saw this, and, and God's voice was it in the wind. And then you have this earthquake that hit. Now, if you're inside when an earthquake hits, that's probably not the place where you want to be. Do you guys remember the earthquake that happened two years ago? I don't know where you were. I, I, was, I was talking on the phone to a guy in our church, and, and, I, and he's, like, he's like, hey, do you feel that? And I'm like, you feel that too? Because we were like talking on the phone, and we're two separate locations. Uh, he's like, yeah, I think it I just I have a son that's 6'10". Okay, I thought he was just walking past me. You know, I thought, oh, building shaking out. It's my son, you know. But no, it wasn't. It was, it was this earthquake that was shaking. And, and it, was, it got to the point where I'm like, okay, kids, we're going to get out of the house. You know, we got to get out of here because it hadn't stopped and I was getting concerned. But the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. Then the scripture says, the last thing that the expression of power was fire. Uh, can you imagine being in a cave when fire surrounds you and there's no way out? You know how trapped you would feel? but God was in the fire. And after the fire, there came this, this still, still small voice. See, what oftentimes we think we need is the power of God demonstrated when God says, you don't need my power, you need my voice. So that's what we think. We just think, God, I just need your power. Your power can make everything right. But what God's like, no, you don't need my power you need to hear my voice. And so the voice of God came. And it was a still, small voice. It was a whisper. Do you guys know where you whisper? Besides the library, you know? You know, whispering is an intimate form of communication. Whispering is what you do when you don't want anyone else to hear. Just the person next to you. And when God spoke to Elijah in that moment, he spoke to him with a voice of intimacy closeness. Because what you need in your life is not for God to fix everything. You need his voice in your life to let you know everything's going to be okay. To let you know that he's with you, that he's near you. And I love that. I love that. I love that voice of intimacy. I love that. That's the way God speaks to Elijah in this moment. Externally, by the way, the Bible says this, draw yourselves near to God in James and he will draw yourself near to us. If you feel distant from God, let me encourage you, the best way you can close the gap is by drawing yourself near to him. And as you draw yourself near to him, he draws himself near to you. So Elijah, externally, nothing had changed, but something in his heart had changed. His circumstances didn't change. Jezebel was still after him. People were threatening his life. Nothing in his life had changed. And so God asked him again, Elijah, why are you here? And if you have that passage open in your Bible, you look at verse 10 and you look at verse 14, they're exactly identical. Nothing changes on the outside. But something I believe had changed on the inside. Because if you look at what God tells him to do, this is what I need you to do. He gave him three, three tasks to do. And Elijah, after that, did all three of those things. 
the, uh, the mantle of anointing fell on Elisha after this moment because something in his heart had changed. And I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what kind of journey you're walking today, but I'm here to tell you, guys, what you need to hear and know is that the voice of God, the power and presence of God is with you. God wants to whisper into your life and your heart today that he's near you. Here's the promise of scripture. Jesus said, God said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Sometimes you feel like you're out there all alone in that wilderness of desolation, but God's promise to you is that he's with you. He's with you today. Some of you today may be emotionally and physically spent and, and the scripture says as they that wait upon the Lord, he'll renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagle. They will walk and not be weary. They will run and not faint. Guys, God can sustain and help you today. You just need to say, you know what? I don't need his demonstration. I just need his whisper. Lord, speak to my heart today. Show me the things that I need to do. Let me know that you're close to me today. And so I want to pray for you today that God would speak to you in that way, that God would whisper that assurance to your heart and your life that you would know that no matter how difficult the circumstances you're in right now, that God is with you today. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes? Let's pray. Father, today we want to pause. And Lord, we just want to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us right now. God, I don't know what all these people are going through in their personal lives, but Jesus, you know. And Father God, I believe just as Elijah may not have known why he was in that cave, there are people here in this service that, that, that may not know why they're actually here. But Lord, there's a reason that they're here, and the reason is to hear from you. The reason is, is, is to have the opportunity to respond to your voice today. And so Lord, today I just want to give people an opportunity. If there are people here, and I want everyone just to bow your heads and close your eyes just for this moment. If there are people here today who don't have a personal relationship with Jesus who don't know the one who loved them enough to go to the cross and die for them, to give their life as a ransom. He, Jesus gave his life as a ransom for us. He paid the price we could never pay so that we could have the right relationship with God the Father today. And Lord, maybe there's some here who've never accepted what Jesus Christ has done and never invited Jesus into their life asked for forgiveness of the wrong things they've done, the sin that they've committed in their life, to say, Jesus, I can't run this life anymore. I want to turn it over to you. And God, if there are people here today who need to turn their lives over to Jesus, God, I pray that they would choose to do that today. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, I just want to ask if you're here this morning and you want to turn your life over to Jesus, saying, Lord, I can't make this work. I need you to help me to have the best life I can live going forward. If that's your prayer today, just raise your hand wherever you are. We want to give you a moment just to respond to the voice of the Lord today. If you need to make your heart right with Jesus today, today's the day. Now's the accepted time, the scripture says. Now's the right moment for you. Hallelujah. For the rest of you, I just want to ask this question today. If you're here today and you're, you're isolated, you've kind of painted yourself into a place of desolation. Internally, you've been going through a lot. Emotionally, physically, maybe you're just exhausted. I'm here to tell you that God wants to whisper his strength. He wants to whisper his power and presence and his assurance into your heart today to give you the strength to do what you can't do on your own. God wants to demonstrate his love for you today and his presence is with you today. 
If you need to hear that voice in your heart today, if you need to experience that voice of the Lord today, would you just raise your hand wherever you are and say, Pastor, I just need to hear his voice today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Here's what I'd like us to do. Just in closing today, I want, can I have everyone just stand for a moment? If you raised your hand, I would love to have an opportunity to pray with you before we dismiss this morning in prayer. And so I, as everyone stands, I want you to, if you raised your hand, and if you would be bold and respond and just kind of come forward here, and I would ask our pastors to come as well, Pastor Wendy and Pastor John, Pastor Murr and, and, and others come. Would you just come this morning? And if, you're, if you raise your hand, I want you just to come up here and I want us to pray together. Can we do that this morning? Can you just step out? Of, I know it takes a little boldness to do that, but I just want to encourage you to step out of your seats and say, I need to hear God's voice. I want to hear God's voice today. Let's just pray. I want to just, just, just pray as you're continuing to come. Father, right now, we want to pause and we want to pray. Lord, I believe there's, there's some desperation in people's hearts today. Father God, we don't want things to continue going the way they've been going. We don't want things just to, to, to not change. Father God, we want to invite your presence in the hearts of our brothers and sisters today that are walking through a wilderness all alone. And Father God, we as a church, we want to stand with them today. We don't want them walking that path alone. Father God, we don't want them walking that path in isolation today. We want to choose to surround them in prayer today. We want to choose to bless them today, to encourage them. And we want to encourage the voice of the Lord to resonate in their hearts today, to give them the strength that they can continue to go forward and do the mission that God has called them to do and accomplish today. So Lord, we commit them to you today. Lord, we ask that you would bless them, that you would keep them, that you'd minister to them today. God, I pray for hope to be instilled in your church today, that what is difficult today is not forever. It's just this moment, and Father, you will give us the strength to continue on forward because, Lord, you'll speak to us, and through your voice, through your voice, Lord, we'll have the courage to face the next day and the next day and the next day because we know that our Jesus is with us today that you're with us today. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of your people today. And we just want to pause and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your church right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Let's, let's just reach out your hands and just pray for just a few moments this morning. Praise the Lord.